then he shall rejoice and be glad in it. God bless you, those who join us here in person. Thank you, those who join us right where you are. We want to encourage you to worship and fellowship our God with us, and we like to encourage you to do something like this. We want to tell you what Jesus in me, what Jesus in you, what Jesus in me,
so we wouldn't let go. Amen, amen. The scripture reading will come from Genesis chapter 22. Genesis chapter 22. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. If you're able to stand in honor of God's word, you may do so. Genesis chapter 22. Talk about Abraham's faith. Amen. Tested. Amen. Amen. And it reads, Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, Here I am. Take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. The next morning, Abraham got up early. He saddled his donkey and took two of his servants with him, along with his son Isaac. Then he chopped wood for a fire for a burnt offering and set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Stay here with the donkey, Abraham told the servants. The boy and I will travel a little further. We will worship there, and then we will come right back. So Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders, while he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them walked on together, Isaac turned to Abraham and said, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. We have the fire and the wood, the boy said, but where is the sheep for the burnt offering? God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son, Abraham answered. And they walked, and they both walked to on together. When they arrived at the place where God had told him to go, Abraham built an altar and arranged the wood on it. Then he tied his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as they sacrificed. At that moment, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Yes, Abraham replied, here I am. Don't lay a hand on the boy, the angel said. Do not hurt him in any way, for now I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld from me even your son, your only son. Then Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by his horns in a thicket. So he took the ram and sacrificed it, sacrificed it as a burnt offering in place of his son. Abraham named the place Yahweh Yara, which means the Lord will provide. To this day, people still use that name as a proverb on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Then the angel of the Lord called again to Abraham from heaven. This is what the Lord says. Because you have obeyed me and have not withheld even your son, your only son, I swear by my own name that I will certainly bless you. I will multiply your descendants beyond numbers like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will conquer the cities of their enemies. And through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed, all because you have what? Amen. Amen. Let's have a word of prayer. Yes, 
O Lord our God, how excellent is thy name. In all the earth there is none like you. Lord, you know us our thoughts are far off. Lord, you know everything about us. Heavenly Father, Father, for you are God and God alone. There is no other Savior but you, Lord. And we come thanking you, Lord. Lord, we've gathered into this place one more time, Lord, to, to give you praise and thanks, Heavenly Father. For we worship your holy name, Heavenly Father, for who you are, Heavenly Father. For you are the almighty God, Heavenly Father. And you are our Savior, Heavenly Father. Father, we just thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you for another day, Heavenly Father. Thank you for the time you touched us and awakened us this morning, Lord, until this point in time, Heavenly Father. Father, we just thank you, we praise you, we magnify you, Heavenly Father. Thank you for giving ear to our cries and our prayers, Father, Father. Father, you know what each and every one of us needs, Heavenly Father. Father, please help us, Heavenly Father. Please give ear to our cries when we pray, Heavenly Father. Please, Heavenly Father, as we wait patiently for you to answer, Heavenly Father. Father, you said that everything that have breath, praise the Lord. Lord, we got breath, Lord, this morning. Lord, let us praise you and worship you in truth and in spirit, Heavenly Father. Please bless every song that will be prayed. Please bless every prayer, Heavenly Father. Please bless, Heavenly Father, from the front of the church all the way to the back and side to side, Heavenly Father, for we have come to honor your holy name. Lord, we thank you, we praise you, and we magnify you, Lord. It's in the name of our Son, of your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that we pray. Amen. Amen.
high yet you look low to see about your people. Father, Lord, continue to move in this place, in this atmosphere, that we may feel your spirit and hear a word from you. Father, we're desperate for your moving in our lives. We're desperate for your grace and your mercy in our lives. We thank you, Lord, that only you satisfy. So fill us up, almighty God. Help us, Lord, that we might see Jesus. Have your word hidden in our heart that we might not sin against you, Lord, we pray. Amen. 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 This month, we're going to spend some time discussing the names of God and how our relationship with God helps us to fully understand who he is. To know that our God is who he says he is oftentimes comes from firsthand experience. To know that God is real, and we know this because we've seen him move in our lives. When we look in Genesis, the 22nd chapter, we're going to look verses 1 through 18. I'm going to lift up these verses as we're going to talk about the subject matter, the Lord will provide. Can you help me announce that to you? Never tell them the Lord will provide. 
One way to know that the Lord will provide is to try him for yourself. One way we try things are through tests. Uh, tests help us to discover truths. When we are discovering these truths, uh, they are able to prove what, we, what is genuine, what is durable, what is authentic. Uh, when something fails the test, it means it is not genuine or in real or it was not what we were looking for. We test for different things for different reasons. Uh, we test currency. Many of you might have been to the drive through window. You passed over your currency and they took out a black marker and marked it and held it up to the light to test. Was it authentic? Some of them are, have dealt with so much funny money. They let you know that no 50s or 100s allowed. They're like, we're not even going to bother testing it. We're just going to let you know we're not taking it. Too much funny money. We test our automobiles. One thing they try to say how this automobile is the safest in its class. Letting you know that if you buy this automobile, it's supposed to keep you safe based on the testings that they have done. But then we also test people's character. We're talking about how we test their metal we te or the acid test or the litmus test, meaning we're testing the quality and the authenticity and integrity of one's character. But even the acid test or the litmus test comes from science of testing the genuine and authenticity of metals based on its acid makeup. So when we understand, we test things to find out what are you made of, to find out are you authentic, are you genuine, are you real. The tests come. But another way we test using this research method called an hypothesis. When one does a research, a hypothesis is a proposition to be tested or a tentative statement of a relationship between two variables. Uh, today, we are going to look at the hypothesis of does Abraham have faith in God? But from this hypothesis and this study, we also discover another hypothesis. Will the Lord provide? The two, these two propositions between these two variables of God and Abraham, I dare suggest, is also the two things that we question every day in our lives. Am I faithful to God and will God provide? Have you tried God? Have you tried God for yourself? Have you put him to the test? Have you tested and see that God will provide for you? Have you seen him give you this day my daily bread? I submit to you today the hypothesis that God will provide. And now let's find out how we know this to be true. How can we prove the result? Well, let's look at the evidence in our text today that investigates from God first telling us he's testing Abraham. Y'all have your Bible still open? Genesis 22nd verse verse says some time later. God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham called God, Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, here I am. Notice the text introduces us some time later. I like how it's pointing out that at this time is a later time, which means something happened before this time. That means that 
Abraham now 100 and some years old. Genesis 21, the previous chapter, verse 5 says Abraham was 100 years old when Isaac was born. But God called Abraham in Genesis 12, chapter, verse 4, when he was 75 years old. Uh, if y'all do the math, you'll find out that it was 25 years. Abraham was waiting for God to give what was promised. Which means sometime later after, Abraham showed his, his trust in God. God called him out of a land he knew to go to a land he did not know. God said, I will show you where this would be. Sometime later, after 25 years, God met Abraham when he was 99 years old, telling him, this time next year you'll be with child. It's been a long time. He was wondering, is it possible? And Sarah said it out loud, <laughs> started laughing. And God had a chance, is anything too hard for God? Sarah was with child, but now Sarah, at this time, and this time prior to this text chapter, became jealous because there was another child named Ishmael in the house. Sarah wanted to kick Ishmael out and hack out. God told Abraham, it's okay. I will bless them, but they are not the blessing. See, there's a blessing and then there's the blessing. You understand the difference in an article, right? Um, it can be anything, but the, it means specific. And so Isaac was the specific blessing that was going to be a blessing unto Abraham. And God confirmed to him that Isaac is going to get everything that I've got coming his way. And so we find Abraham was able to trust God and obey. That he was following God's rules and following God's orders, going wherever God would take him. And in this time, I bet Abraham discovered that God is good. Anybody discover that in your life? As you look back over your days and your time, you realize that God is good. And all the time that God is good, you realize that he's not good because he does good, but he's good because he is good. Which means it makes up his character, makes up his quality, makes up who he is. So he does not do anything bad, doesn't do anything that's evil, anything that's going to hurt me or hinder me. But everything he does is good. So now... Abraham has been prepared for this test. Did y'all hear what I said? Abraham has been prepared for this test. A good teacher won't give you a test. They're not prepared you for. Y'all don't hear me? A good teacher won't give you a test. They have not prepared you for. Sometime later, God tests Abraham. God first called Abraham in the 12th chapter. Tell them to leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family and go to the land I will show you. Now God tells Abraham to take Isaac to go to the land of Moriah to sacrifice his only son on one of the mountains the Lord will show Abraham. Do y'all see the parallels there in this faith of Abraham? That I will just go where you tell me to go and I'll, I'll arrive when you said that I arrive. When I'm reading this text, Abraham, in relationship to God, I'm, I wish my children could do the same thing. Because I know, just like my children, I did to my parents, that when we got in the car to drive, so are we there yet? I, I'm anticipating and waiting for the arrival. But here it is. God tells him, I'm going to take you, and I'm going to take you as long as it takes. And when we get there, I will let you know where it's going to be. Oh, they that wait. Upon the Lord. 
shall renew their strength. When we can wait on God means, and Lord, I will trust you and believe in you, even if I don't know where I am going, I'm trusting you'll show me when the time is right. Anybody excited at how God always moves at the right time? He went without knowing where he was going, was a credit to Abraham as faith in the Hall of Fame of Faith in Hebrews 11 chapter. So here it is, God testing Abraham's faith, basically saying, are you going to be faithful? Ask your neighbor, are you faithful? To be faithful means to I will stay on the task, stay in a committed, stay abound in a covenant relationship, doing all of my responsibilities in order for it to be successful. This faith Abraham expressed is based on his past experience with God. God has been providing for Abraham all this time. When Abraham left the land, God made him prosperous. Abraham became like his own traveling king that people were scared when Abraham started walking around. They're like, he's about to take over everything that we got. Matter of fact, Abraham did not know how powerful he was because he was hiding behind his power. Going to tell people Sarah is his sister, but he ain't lying. Y'all look in the text, that's his half-sister. I ain't going to go into that, but it, it, what's going on? But he was married to her. Ambulance says she looked mighty fine. And then all of a sudden, curses stopped happening all in his house. Ambulance said, what are you doing to me? <laughs> going to cause me all this problem. Get on out of here. And then blessings came back on the house. But what happened here is that because Abraham was unsure how he was going to be provided and protected for a mouse, another army, God was already working on his behalf. But Abraham had a trust and obey. Here's the other thing, too, that shows us in this text is that even when we are not right and not doing right, God is still good. Mm. He still provides for us even when we don't deserve. It's sort of like how you want to punish somebody by removing what you're supposed to give them. No food tonight. That's not punishment. That's cruelty. God is not cruel. You could be, do everything else, but he's going to give you a daily bread, but you may not get dessert. Y'all don't hear me. You're going you to get what you need, but you may not. Uh, come on, somebody. And so Abraham was not doing right. God got him straight and still provided for him in that mess. It is now time for Abram to sacrifice his son. Now this is his only son in the household. Ishmael has gone. Hagar has departed. Sarah is now happy because she's the queen bee in the house. Abraham has been trusting God so far. The test of sacrifice is now coming up. He tested Abraham's faith. Will you get up and go? Abraham is gone. But will you give me everything that you have? This test of faith is testing Abraham's trust in God. We learn to depend on God knowing the Lord can supply all our needs. What God gave to Abraham, he is asking for him to give back. Mm. Can I say that one more time? What God gave to Abraham, he's asking for him to give back. And here it is that he's not saying, I'm going to give it back to you. But it's a sacrifice. It means there will be a loss. 
it would mean that you will not gain it back. I want to encourage somebody here today that oftentimes when we give somebody something, we ask for it back. Uh, can I have your car? You can borrow my car because I want it back. Y'all hear me? Uh, can I borrow $50? Yes, I want it back. Uh, y'all hear me? Uh, can I have this? Yes, you can have it, but I want it back. Don't let it be something special. Don't let it be something unique. Don't let it be something that's irreplaceable that you let somebody look and they don't give it back. That's where you know for a soul you're going to find out they're a real friend of mine. When we understand God has given Abraham, Isaac, after 25 years of waiting, Sarah has now weaned them and they've grown and Ishmael has been gone. They become a stronger nucleus family. I forgot to mention, after Sodom and Gomorrah, Lot has left. It's just them. Now God has protected them, provided them, spoke to them, done miraculous things for them. Now everything that you were waiting for that I bless you with, I'm asking, will you give it back? How can Abraham sacrifice his son because he knows that God is good. The hypothesis is being tested here in his faithfulness. Abraham's faith in God moves him to obey God and is willing to make the sacrifice. What I want to encourage you today in your life that you say you love the Lord, but you're not willing to make the sacrifice. Abraham's obedience proves he has faith in God. He proves to God that he has faith in the Lord because the text moves in verse 3 says, uh, Next morning, Abraham got up early and saddled his donkey and took two of his servants with him, along with his son Isaac. Then he chopped wood for a fire for a burnt offering and set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Stay here with the donkey, Abraham told the servants. The boy and I will travel a little far, farther. We will worship there, and listen to what he says right here, and then we will come right back. He is supposed to be sacrificing his son, but his faith in God being good. He says, there's no way that he's going to have me sacrifice my son. We will be right back. Notice he is optimistic to a fault because he's believing in the hope of the best, not looking for the failure. Sometimes in our lives that we need to be optimistic, always hoping for the best and not looking for the failure. Notice how he's looking for the best. Isaac has some questions. All right, let me do an inventory check of what you said is happening here. We are going to do a burnt offering sacrifice. I think I've seen you do that one time before. Uh, you will have a sheep with you. You have your fire with you. You have your wood with you. But now I'm realizing that something is missing in this journey. Uh, you left the donkey back there. Uh, you left the servants back there. We out here in the wilderness, I don't see any animals out here. Uh, Isaac looking at his daddy saying, Daddy, what's about to go down? New Living Translation reads it this way in verse 7. Isaac turned to Abraham and said, Father, yes, my son, we have the fire and the wood, 
But where is the sheep for the burnt offering? Here it is. Abraham, faith in God, saying God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering. My son, Abraham answered, and they both walked on together. Notice again, faith of Isaac in his dad. Isaac trusts his father to lead him where they're going to go for a sacrifice, expecting for something good to happen. Because his daddy said so. This awesome trust of Isaac in his father shows Isaac possibly unknowing to be a good, obedient sacrifice presented to the Lord. Let me say that one more time. Isaac's faithful obedience to his father makes him unknowingly a good, obedient sacrifice for the Lord. Abraham is telling Isaac, we will see the Lord provide us the sacrifice. Abraham, faith in God, moves him to trust in the Lord to do the impossible. Another way to point out when he says that God will provide, he's basically saying, watch and see. Another way to look at that, that word about the Lord provides that the Lord sees. Basically saying that we will see, and you can fill in the blank. We will see the goodness of the Lord. We will see the faithfulness of the Lord. We will see the mercy of the Lord. We will see the sheep that's going to take our place. So here it is. We're getting to the place of where it all comes down. Isaac, trusting in God, the test of his faith. We are now introduced to new hypothesis that Abraham believed that I'm going to pass this test. Because I've come to the conclusion that the Lord will provide. But you know, you can't know it until you try. So Abraham couldn't stop right there. But he had to keep on going. Which means, how will he go through the act of showing his intent and his mood ready to sacrifice his son? And one thing I want to suggest to look into this text. Notice it does not say Isaac attempts to escape. Isaac looks to run away. Isaac wrestled against him again. But no, look what the text says, verses 9 through 12. When they arrived at the place where God had told him to go, Abraham built an altar and arranged the wood on it. Then he tied his son, Isaac, and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice at that moment. Y'all see that closely there in the text? At what moment? At that moment. That means you got to be faithful unto the end. You can't stop short. You can't halfway do it. You can't go through the motions. No, you got to go all the way. Jesus has made it clear, if you want to be my disciple, you must deny yourself, pick up your cross, and Follow after me. You got to go all the way. Tell you, you got to go all the way. When we go all the way, completing the test and completing the trial, then we'll come to the proof to can come to our conclusion. When he went there at that moment, the angel of the Lord called him from heaven. Abraham, Abraham. Yes, Abraham replied. Here I am. Don't lay a hand on the boy. The angel said, do not hurt him in any way. 
For now I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld from me even your son, your only son. Tell your neighbor, the Lord will provide. Then Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by his horns in the thicket. So he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering in the place of his son. The hypothesis has been proven for both for the Lord and Abraham. God has come to the conclusion that Abraham fears the Lord. For that's what he told him. Can I help you to understand to have faith in God means to fear God. And to fear God is to know God. And to know God is to worship God. And to worship God means to serve God. And we ought to serve him for how long? All the days of our life. The Lord showed up and showed Abraham how good it is for the Lord to be in your life. Matter of fact, Abraham felt so good that he decided he wanted to rename the place. Verse 14, Abraham named the place Yahweh Yireh, which means the Lord will provide. To this day, people still use the name as a proverb. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Y'all know how a proverb works, a maximum, a saying that has wisdom into it. So you can go around telling your neighbor, the Lord will provide. You may not know how it's going to happen, but you can just simply say, the Lord will provide. I, I, I believe it before it has been proven. You, you go around saying all other kind of hypothesis have been proven that you say what goes up must come down. You, you understand that you believe that all the time. Can you believe that the Lord will provide? People can come by and say, well, I don't know how it's going to happen. You can tell them the same thing. I don't know how it's going to happen. But one thing I know that the Lord will provide. I, 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 I did not see the ram in the thicket, but yet when God woke me up and let me see the ram in the thicket, I got my son out the way and I put the ram in the place because I said the Lord will provide. Notice again, it was a ram stuck, not a sheep. He didn't do it the way Abraham thought he was going to do it, but he did it. Let me show something else to you again. God may not do it the way you want him to do it, but he will do it. The Lord will provide. But now, can I show something to you in this text? As we look at this text and we look back here and to look forward to Christ. Let me highlight some themes in here. Uh, he went to a mountain, an elevated place. Uh, he went carrying wood for a sacrifice. He brought his only begotten son with him. The father was willing to sacrifice his son in obedience to God. Y'all see some of the things here that I'm getting into? It was a three-day journey. It was early in the morning. Y'all see the things here going on here? He says that a sheep will be given for the sacrifice. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Abraham's faith in God highlights God's love towards us. The son gives us a glimpse of God the Father's love for his son. Abraham's faith showed that God says that you did not withhold your son. Y'all see that there in verse 16? I swear by my own name that I will certainly bless you. I will multiply your descendants beyond number. Like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore, 
Your descendants will conquer the cities of their enemies. And through your descendants, all the nations of earth will be blessed. All because you have what? Obeyed me. Tell your neighbor, you got to obey to show your faith. I can't just say I believe in the Lord and I don't show you I believe in the Lord. When you trust him, you obey him. To obey him is to follow through on the instructions. God's love for his creation was shown to us that nothing's too hard for God. Just like Abraham led his son to the mountain with the command for the son to be made a burnt offering. God the Father sent God the Son, Jesus, to go off the hill to be the one and only sacrifice to take away the sin of the world. Knowing that God will provide for us, why not give your life to God? Romans 8, 32 says, since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Try the Lord for yourself. Give your life to the Lord and see that the Lord will provide. Do you hear what I said? And see the Lord will provide. Another way to point out that proverb that the Lord will provide is to basically watch and see the Lord. See your deliverance. See your healing. See your protection. See your savior. See your God exalted. The goodness of the Lord will follow your obedience. Notice Abraham was obedient and at that moment and at that time is when he stepped in. What I'm trying to highlight that when our salvation was acting in our lives, it was at the right time. It wasn't too early. It wasn't too late. But it was right at the moment that we needed. What I'm trying to encourage you to understand is that he may not come when you want him, but he's always on time. We understand that we say time is relative. Sometimes time moves fast and time moves slow based on if you're in motion or if you're standing still. But either way, know that God transcends time. God is not hindered by time. God is faster than the speed of light, faster than the speed of sound. All God got to say and things happen. But even before he says it, catch this, catch this, he's already prepared. He already prepared for us to be saved before we even called on him by sending Jesus. To die on the cross for our sins. What can God do? When we focus on that, we might find out that I'm focusing on the wrong thing. Let me focus on what God can do. He can save my life. He can heal the sick. When we understand that God can do these things, how can he not provide you what you need? It may not be what you want, but it will be what you need. Will you try God for yourself? Go ahead and test this hypothesis and find for yourself that the Lord is real, that God is our provider, that the Lord is our shepherd we shall not want. Knowing that God provides for his people, he provides us protection, he provides us healing, he provides us salvation. And lastly, I'll reiterate, God told Abraham, I see your faith, for you did not withhold your only son. And you see the parallel when Paul wrote in Romans that if God did not withhold his only son for us, what will he not bless us with? My question for you today, what is it that you're holding on that you're not willing to let go because you don't trust God enough? 
You don't trust for him to provide that gap. We hold on to things because we think that we can make the difference. But when we let go and just trust God, we can see God move in awesome and amazing ways. How is it that you can trust somebody else more than you trust God? I want to encourage you that whatever it is that you're trying to hold on to, see if you can just trust God even more. That you can let it go and give back to God what he's already blessed you with. Let us pray. Father, help us to better know you as our provider, as our sustainer, as our keeper. Lord, we thank you that you bless us in awesome and amazing ways to know you. Father, in times in our lives that we thought that we had to do it all by ourselves, but Lord, you have always been faithful. We thank you, Lord, that you shall provide. Help us, O oh God, that we remain faithful. God, our hearts and minds are prone to wonder that we stay faithful to you, God. Forgive us, O oh Lord, for times of our pride, our ego, that we couldn't let go and let you be, God. May we turn and confess today that, Lord, we want more of you and less of us. Father, fill us up with your spirit, fill us up with your power. Now, Lord, there might be someone here looking for a church home. Lord, we pray that you will lead them to a Bible, leave a Bible, preaching, teaching, church, and Zion is that place we want to welcome you here in this place. Lord, there might be someone who does not know Jesus as a Lord and Savior. Lord, I pray they can confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus Christ died on the cross for their sins and defeated death, arising from the grave on the third day. Knowing that you are now exalted and seated at the right hand of the Father, they call on you, O Lord, and they shall be saved. For they believe in their heart. And Lord, we pray that you will add them on to a Bible-believing, preaching, teaching church where they can be baptized and celebrate the communion with the saints. Father, continue to move in this place. Move in this worship, Lord, we pray. Amen. 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 We're going to prepare to eat of this bread and drink of this cup as it's on for Sunday. And those who join us online, if you want to get you your elements, your juice and bread, the Bible records that when Jesus sat down with the disciples on the last day, he looked forward to celebrating the supper with them. And he took of the bread and he took of the cup and he blessed them before he gave it to them. Let us pray. Mighty Father, we pray over this bread and over this cup. We thank you, Lord, for your sacrifice. We thank you, Lord, for your redemption and remission of our sins through your precious blood. It was poured out on Calvary. Now, Father, bless us as we join together, as we eat of this bread, we drink of this cup, we do so in remembrance of you, and we do so until you're coming back again. Amen. On the night of Jesus' betrayal, he took of the bread, and he blessed the bread, and he broke the bread, said, this is my body. Eat ye all, then let us eat together. Likewise, he took of the cup, and he blessed the cup, and said, This is my blood, you poured out for the missus of sins, drink ye all of it, let us drink together.
after the supper, they gather everything that no one be lost. And the heads in the singing hymns, we're going to sing some hymns ourselves together as we prepare to give our tithes and give our offerings. Uh, that we freely give back to God what already belongs to him. And let us pray over our offerings and prepare to give. Mighty God, we just thank you for how you blessed us, how you prospered us. And Father, we freely give back to you what already belongs to you. Mighty God, we just thank you uh, for your grace and your mercy. And Lord, we ask to bless those that have desired to give but yet have not. We thank you, Lord, that you supply all our needs. And we give you the glory and we give you the praise. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. 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 May you follow the instructions of the ushers as they'll lead you around. If you decide to join this church, amen, you're welcome to come on up and worship. Amen.